This morning, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about being people of power. People of power. This has been a challenging time for our country, for our, for our entire world. And we often feel powerless in this situation. But scripture reminds us that we are truly people of power. And that we are blessed. That we have no reason to fear. That we can enjoy the blessings that God gives us, no matter what the situation. I'd like for us to spend a little time this morning being reminded of what it is to be a person who is powerful. We, as young people, attended, I'm sure, many Bible classes that reminded us of the story of Samson. There's probably no greater example in Scripture about God's power than when we, review, when we study the life of this man, Samson. God great, gave him great power. Judges 13 through 16 gives us the, uh, the story of his life and the things that God used him to do for protection of the Israelites and for defense against their enemies. Samson had great power, and God blessed him with that power. But we also know that Samson had his demise and suffered a great calamity at the end of his life. He allowed his hair to be cut. He was captured by his enemies and he was imprisoned. He lost his eyesight. And in his final day, he brought down the temple upon the Philistines. But as we think about Samson, let's ask ourselves the question, was Samson's power truly in his long hair? And of course, I think we realize the answer to that was his power had nothing to do with his hair. His hair had to do with a vow, a vow that began before he was born, a vow that was made to God, that he would commit his life to God and serve him. That hair was a symbol of that vow. When he decided to choose his own path, and to direct his own steps and give away the secret to his enemies, his hair was cut, God turned his back, and he lost his power. It wasn't until the very end that he realized the mistake he had made in his life. Samson truly was a powerful man. And today we're going to talk about power and how that power is so important to us as we live our lives here on this earth. Ephesians chapter 3 is the passage that we read, that was read to us earlier, and it is the, ba the base text of, of what we'll be talking about this morning. The power that Paul talks about in this passage is the power that Christians today have. Before, but before we go back and look at that text, I think it's important for us to understand the context. As we look at Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, we want to get a better feeling for what Paul is writing about here. And so let's read together in our Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. If you'd like to follow along, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. And Paul begins in Ephesians 3, verse 1, by saying, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, 
you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, and has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul spent a lot of time in Ephesus. At the end of his second missionary journey, he visited them and spent a short time, but returned during his third missionary journey and spent two years with the church there. It was probably a young church, less than 10 years old, and it was a church of Gentile Christians living in the Roman Empire. The city of Ephesus was a very important uh, port for the Roman government, for the Roman trade, and it allowed the, the, the empire of Rome to flourish. It was an important place for Paul to be. The Holy Spirit directed him to be there and to proclaim the gospel. But there were a lot of challenges there. Paul dealt with idolatry. He dealt with persecution. He suffered much as he attended to the Gentile church and helped them to grow. But he loved them very much. And he writes to them this letter that we call the book of Ephesians. In the first six verses that we just read, we understand that Paul talks about the mystery. Paul felt very blessed that he was a vessel for, for, for bringing the mystery to the world. And that mystery, of course, was, as Paul describes it, the, allowing the Gentiles to be, allow, uh, to be invited into the kingdom. Verses 7 through 9 of that passage, the talk, Paul talks about the power of of the gospel. Paul felt that power. Paul understood that power. And he wanted the Gentile Christians in Ephesus to understand what great power the gospel had for them. Paul recognized that it was the power of God that brought Jesus to the cross, put him in the tomb, and resurrected him to walk upon earth once again. Paul understood that power, that power that's in the gospel. And he wanted the Gentiles, he wants all of us to understand what great power is in the gospel message today. Verses 10 and 11 of that passage reminds us that God's wisdom is shown through his church. As we assemble together on this first day of the week, the world sees the wisdom of God, sees us with our desire and our dedication Wanting to come together, assemble together to worship him. We're showing God's wisdom to the world. 
as we live our lives in the kingdom of, of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And then Paul concludes that passage by talking about having boldness and access to the Father with confidence through Christ. Because of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, Paul says, we can come to the Father boldly and have confidence that he hears us, that he loves us, and he desires that we have what is very best for us. So that enters, that brings us to the text this morning where Paul continues to talk about the power that is within us. It's so important for us to understand that we should never feel powerless. Even in the midst of a pandemic, we are not powerless people. We are extremely powerful people. And God wants us to understand that. He wants us to live our lives as people of power. Let's go back and look at this text again that was read for us this morning. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Paul had begun in verse 1 with a, an idea of bringing this important point. But he takes a little detour in the first 13 verses and then comes back here in verse 14 and says once again for this reason for this reason I bow my knees he is praying to God on behalf of the church in Ephesus and I dare say on behalf of all of us today who continue to read his words as he prays for us as he prays for the church worldwide and he says from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, and that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do so far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The highlights you see there point us towards these ideas of power and strength. And Paul wanted those Ephesian Christians to focus on this power. The Roman Empire was an empire of great power. These Gentiles who lived in Ephesus, they understood power. They understood that Rome conquered many nations in order to become this massive empire, probably one of the most powerful empires in history. And Paul relies on that understanding of power as he writes these words to these Christians in Ephesus. He today wants us to understand about power. He wants us to recognize that we too are people of power. And I would say that we are part of an empire that is more powerful than any other empire that has ever existed throughout time. We are people of power. Well, what is this power that's at work within us? 
How do we begin to understand what this power is all about? Scott knows Greek much better than I do, but hopefully he will agree with me that this word power is translated a lot of different ways throughout our New Testaments, but it's this word dunamis. Today we find words in our English language that remind us of this word, and those words are like dynamite or dynamic. When we think of those words, we think of things that are very powerful. We think of internal, inherent power in those words. That word dunamis is translated throughout Scripture as mighty work, virtue, ability, strength, and even miracle. All these words are action words, and they give us this, this picture of something very powerful, something very alive and active. Dunamis. Paul uses that word several times in our lesson text this morning. In fact, Paul uses this same word, dunamis, many times in his letters to the churches to encourage them to rely upon this power that has been granted unto them. We won't look at each one of these passages, but I hope you will, in your personal studies, as you read through your New Testaments, you'll look for this power that God has granted us. And I've given Paul credit for writing the Hebrew letter. You can make that decision for yourselves. But where does this power come from? Does the Bible tell us what the source of this power is? Of course the answer is yes. It comes through the message of the gospel. Paul tells us that. The gospel that is being preached is God's power to save. The same God who resurrected our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will resurrect us on that wonderful day. That power exists today as it did during Paul's time and throughout mankind's history. Paul writes to the Romans in Romans chapter 1 and verse 6, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Who would know better than Paul that the gospel message is both to both Jew and Gentile? He was born a Jew. He was a Jewish scholar. But God had sent him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, including the Greeks. And it's there for us today. Because of the message of the gospel, we have that hope. And we are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul wasn't ashamed. He wasn't ashamed to preach to the Gentiles, even though he was a Jew. We should not be ashamed of the gospel as well. Because we should recognize that it is God's power to save us. How do we get this power? Where does it come from? We understand it comes, it's in, the power is in the gospel, but how does the power become part of our lives? We'll be singing in a few minutes about the power that's in the blood. It's a wonder-working power, and it comes through the blood of the Lamb. Peter talks about this power in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Peter writes, as his divine power has given us 
all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. How do we get this power? It comes through him. It's his divine power. Peter is speaking of our Lord. The power was brought to man through the cross, through the blood of, that was shed upon that cross. We were reminded a few minutes ago of the great sacrifice that was made on our behalf. We commemorated that sacrifice in partaking of the emblems. And Peter reminds us that divine power was brought to mankind through that crucifixion, through that burial, and through that resurrection. Philippians 4.13, a passage that I dare say most of us have memorized. Paul writes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The strength that we have as Christians come through him, Paul writing about Christ. That's where the power comes from. We get that power from God through his son. But where is the power now? Yeah, the scriptures were written for our understanding. It's important for us to realize that the scriptures are still alive in our lives. The power comes through the Holy Spirit. And it resides in all those who have been washed in that powerful blood. Romans 15 and verse 13 is an important passage. It says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We can be powerful people because the Holy Spirit resides in each one of us. It brings us that power. It helps us to grow and mature and to produce fruit. It is a powerful operation within our lives if we allow it to work. How does the power help us? Is it something that we can rely upon in our lives today? Is it something that we can use to aid us as we strive to grow, to become more Christ, more like Christ in our lives? And of course the answer is yes. But there are several answers that help us to understand better how this power helps us. The first one is it gives us power for greater inner strength. We often turn to each other for strength, but the Holy Spirit gives us power within our own selves to grow and to mature in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, another, another epistle written by the Apostle Paul, Verse 16 reads, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, for the things that are unseen are eternal. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to look upon those things that have happened to us in this life as being transient, 
Pandemics are transient. Financial difficulties are transient. Family problems are transient. All of these things that occur in this life are transient. But the power helps us because those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb have strength. We have inner strength to see beyond those physical imperfections. Every morning I look in the mirror, I see physical imperfections. I know that this life is transient. But it helps me to realize that the Spirit wants me to look beyond this life. I hope you recognize that as well. That we look beyond the things that are in this life because it is so short. And it is but a vapor, as James tells us. But we also get strength from the Spirit to put a proper perspective on trials and afflictions and disappointments. This time we have a pandemic has reminded us of trials and afflictions and disappointments and challenges. But we, through the Spirit, have the power to be strong, to recognize that we have that we that this life has already been overcome and that there's a reward waiting for us beyond the grave but the passage we read also reminds us that this power gives us strength to see the unseen things and guide us to eternal life the unseen things we cannot see what is waiting for us we can't have a picture of it hanging above our dining room table, but we can know through the faith that the Spirit has, has planted within us that we can see that unseen world that is waiting for us beyond death's door. The power helps us in so many ways. It also gives us the ability to stay rooted in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 Beginning of verse 6, Paul writes, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. As my wife and I were coming up here this morning, we passed a, a section that was beautiful with wildflowers that have sprouted up. Those wildflowers last week had wilted. But because of the roots that they have and the rain that had came, come yesterday, they once again were flourishing and bright. It was their roots that allowed them to return to their vibrant beauty. We understand what roots do for trees and plants. We need to have the power to be able to understand that we too need to be rooted in Christ. And of course we do that through his word. We plant our roots deep and allow them to grow deeply and bring up that nourishment that His Holy Word provides for us. And that allows us to be established, to be strong, be vibrant, to be powerful when we are rooted in Christ. And we can, be abound, we can abound in thanksgiving because of the power that is within us. Be thankful during all time. Good times and even bad times. We can be enabled. The power enables us 
with the ability to imitate Christ and walk in him. We should never say, I cannot be Christ-like. There's no way that I can be like he was. Because the Spirit enables us to do that. It enables us to pursue a life that is Christ-like. We draw upon that power through study of his word, through prayer, through worship. We can become more like Christ every day. And we can stay in his bosom and walk in him. The Spirit enables us. The Spirit gifts us. The Spirit has gifted us with a growing faith, nourished by knowledge of Christ. And the Spirit has granted us excuse me, many opportunities to abound with thanksgiving. So how does this power help us? We've looked at a couple of answers. Let's look at a third answer here. The power enables us to mature spiritually. We grow as the Spirit works within us. Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because, let's don't miss this last sentence, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Remind ourselves every day that God poured his love into our hearts. We can, we can be people of power because the Holy Spirit is at work within us. We can rejoice in our sufferings. We can endure all hardships and difficulties in this life. How does this power help us? Let's look at one more answer. But before we do, Paul reminds us that as we come to fully understand God's love, that we're going to gain power to rejoice and endure suffering, that we'll exhibit character or patience might be another better, a better way to put that. And we can live a life of hope. When all things seem hopeless in this life, we have the power to be hopeful people. The last answer that we were going, going to look at this morning is the power gives us the ability to accomplish much in this life. We may feel like weak and fragile people, but we can accomplish much. James writes in James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Our prayers can accomplish much because the Spirit working within us allows, to, allows us the courage and the strength to approach the throne of our God. How does the power work within us? It gives us the ability to accomplish much. It allows us to admit our weaknesses. How much power does it take for us to admit that we are weak people 
and that we need the strength that God can grant us, and we need the encouragement that is offered by our brethren. It gives us the power to share in the strengths of others. Church is a community. We rely upon this community to strengthen us and to encourage us, to keep us faithful. The power allows us to bring about spiritual healing in one another. We all need spiritual healing from time to time. So we've answered our question in several ways this morning, but this power helps us to give us greater strength to help us to stay rooted in Christ, help us to mature spiritually, and most of all, it gives us power to accomplish much. We all understand that every night we need to plug in our electronic devices. We recognize what that is. It's a power cord. We know that to charge up our devices, it needs to have access to a power source. It's easy to understand in this physical world today, but we also should understand that spiritual power comes from God, and we need to plug into it to stay charged. If we stay connected to His power, we have the promise of an abundant life, and we can truly be people of power. We need to be people of power in order that we might influence our community, that we might grow. This morning, as we close, let us ask ourselves the question, are we as powerful as we could be or as we should be? We need to check our connections. Sometimes I plug my phone in and I get a little message that pops up that says, adjust your power cord. It's not charging correctly. Maybe yours does that too. And I'm reminded that we are here together as community to remind one another we need to adjust our power cords. We need to make sure that we're tapped in to the power. We need to recognize that sin in our lives will disconnect that power source. And we also understand that that source is not the receptacle on the wall, it is the blood of Christ. Repentance and baptism will plug us in. If you're not a Christian today, you've not been plugged in to the blood of Christ. You've not had the opportunity to receive the power that comes through the Spirit, through the washing away of your sins. This morning we offer the Lord's invitation to encourage everyone to accept the power that comes through the blood and to understand that we must continue to repent and obey God in order to keep that power flowing in our lives. This morning, if you're subject to the Lord's invitation in any way, we encourage you to come as we stand and sing this invitation song.